Welcome back to Long Covid Doctor, an educational series for sufferers of Long Covid. This is the second part on gut problems, gastrointestinal problems and Long Covid. In part one, I talked about the symptoms, diagnosis and investigations. I also talked uh, about the causes for Long Covid gut problems. In part two, this part, I will talk about the treatments, management and outcomes. References, links and resources are in the show notes below. Any advice, diagnoses, treatments that I mention should only be considered after discussion with your own GP or qualified health professional. And so, what are the specific treatments available for gut symptoms in long COVID? Well, there are treatments for the symptoms themselves, but there are also treatments for worsening pre-existing underlying gut problems that have got out of control. And there are um, treatments for one of the many underlying long COVID processes. So firstly, the treatments for the symptoms themselves. For bloating and colicky pains, such as in irritable bowel syndrome, there are antispasmodics, such as mebeverin or peppermint oil. And there are also antidiarrheals, such as loperamide. Those are the specific symptom-relieving treatments that are used commonly and frequently in general practice for those type of irritable bowel type symptoms. Then, secondly, the treatments for worsening pre-existing underlying gut problems that have got out of control. A flare-up of a patient's irritable bowel syndrome, a flare-up of their inflammatory bowel disease, such as their Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, Both of these will need the treatments indicated for those conditions. And then finally, the treatment for one of the underlying long COVID processes that I explained about in the first part, and that is mast cell activation. As I explained, it's part of the excessive inflammatory response. The other parts, remembering, are the excessive cytokine storm of the release of the pro-inflammatory uh, inflammatory mediators, but also the microthrombi, the sticky blood, the microclot formation. But I'm focusing now on the excessive um, overactive mast cell activation that goes on as part of this excessive inflammatory response. And the treatment for this is with H1 and H2 blockers. So H1 blockers, antihistamine drugs, such as cetirizine, 10 milligrams once a day initially, and H2 blockers, the anti-acid drug famotidine, 10 milligrams once a day initially. I cover these more in my talk on mast cell activation, MCAS. Mast cell activation is especially important to treat in patients who are experiencing new onset food intolerances. This might be due to a common intolerance, such as wheat or dairy, 
or maybe rather a bizarre individual food uh, material that, for example, you know, I had a patient who said to me, they cannot, for some strange reason, cannot tolerate lamb anymore. Whenever they have lamb, they have an adverse, adverse effect. Um, and so, uh, like I said, it can be due to, and more commonly, those common food uh, agents such as wheat, gluten and dairy that can trigger the patient's symptoms but it may well be just some random um, standalone food material that the patient has discovered that they can't take any longer. Um, however before resorting to drugs I'll always suggest and it's only right that we suggest the simpler simpler or simplest and probably the most logical way forward and that is to try and manage food sensitivity or intolerance uh, and that is to eliminate the food that you think that that you're sensitive to if you are not sure which one this is my usual advice in general practice was to always exclude wheat products initially in my experience this is the most common cause for food intolerance with dairy uh, intolerance coming a close second and so eliminate it from your diet for a few weeks and see if your symptoms improve. And if they do, you have the answer. Uh, if they don't, restart it and then pick something else to eliminate that you think probably probably exclude dairy products. As I said, that's yeah, almost as common as wheat and dairy and wheat and gluten, wheat and gluten intolerance. So do this systematically and, you know, basically it's a trial and error, trial and error. You, you try and eliminate something and see if that makes a difference. If it does, you found it. If it doesn't move on to something else, you uh, can eliminate and experiment with something that you might suspect is triggering you. And finally, before we finish on MCAS, I just wanted to make a quick mention of low histamine diet for MCAS. You may well have come across this or read about it, seen it on social media. Basically, the thinking is this. Um, uh, the, the theory is that histamine in your diet tops up the histamine bucket. Uh, and hence, a low histamine diet may reduce the overall histamine load in your body. But there's no hard evidence for this. And the hard evidence that low histamine diet helps with low co with long COVID. Histamine is in hard cheeses, smoked meats, tinned fish, oranges, bananas, spinach, tomatoes, wine and beer, peanuts, tree nuts, i.e. it's in many things. In actual fact, it's on in most things. I looked up the Association of UK Dietitians, and it seems that they are not greatly in favour of a low histamine diet for long COVID. They prefer the Mediterranean diet, fruit, veg, oil, uh, oily fish, so um, most of which are excluded most of those are, would be excluded in a low histamine diet. However, if it comes down to, you know, 
experimentation and also what works for you. You know, regardless of what, you know, the, the association of UK dietitians say, if you find that a low histamine diet eases your symptoms, you're probably going to want to carry on with that low histamine diet and reasonably so. So what next? What else can we do to help recovery from long COVID? We've got to take the, the whole person, the holistic view uh, into account. We need to think about nutrition. We need to think about sleep and we need to think about mind body. So first of all, nutrition. This of course is especially important in long COVID patients with symptoms mostly relating to, mostly relating to their gut. The diet must, uh, must contain or it is most highly recommended is the mixed balanced diet. The Mediterranean diet, I'm going to call it, or it's otherwise known as, better known as, which contains all the minerals and vitamins that are necessary for repair, the building blocks, blocks of repair. A mixed balanced diet, a Mediterranean diet, will also contain anti-inflammatory um, and antioxidant chemicals, the polyphenols. And just to get a bit technical for a second, the anthocyanins, the carotenoids, the flavonoids, and many, many more. And their function is anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, to mop up the free radicals, those destructive byproducts of metabolism. A mixed balanced diet, a Mediterranean diet, also contains prebiotic fibre so important to nourish the microbiota, the friendly gut bacteria. Studies have shown that patients with long COVID have an unhealthy gut bacteria population. A prebiotic diet, one that contains vegetables from the onion family, such as leeks, onions um, themselves, artichokes, um, have a rich supply of oligosaccharides. Uh, um, basically, and the commonest is inulin. Other sources of prebiotic is um, sauerkraut, so fermented foods such as sauerkraut or kimchi, which the Koreans enjoy and eat in vast quantities. These are all the prebiotics, really important to nourish, and it makes total sense to nourish your friendly bacteria. And as I said earlier, a friendly bacteria is so necessary for immune support, to support the immune system. Um, and this is obviously important, remembering that so much of long COVID damage is due to a weakened or impaired immune system, a healthy gut flora is also important for production, again I said this earlier, of vitamins and hormones and chemicals such as neuro, the, the neurotransmitter um, serotonin, the happy chemical. Other components in a healthy diet are omega-3 fatty, uh, essential fatty acids, omega-3 fish oil for immune support, also vitamin 
um, vitamin D. Um, you know, after all, we live higher up in the northern hemisphere. We are relatively sunshine, UVB uh, starved, especially in the winter months. Vitamin D is important for immune support, as well as all its other hundreds of functions throughout the body. Incidentally, I take both of those, vitamin D and a um, omega-3 fish oil every morning for good measure. And why not? There's evidence there that support all their beneficial effects. Some patients try to help their friendly gut bacteria by topping them up with probiotics. And these are combinations of friendly bacteria, especially lactobacillus and bifidobacter. The theory behind this is that they will hopefully displace the unfriendly harmful gut bacteria. There's lots of evidence that they are helpful, supportive of the of the immune uh, the immune system and, and other benefits. Um, some people are more questioning about this, but yeah, I go with it. So that's nutrition. That's the first of if, like I said, the whole person approach, the holistic approach, the nutritional approach, the dietary advice with regard to long COVID gut problems. And now on to another extremely important factor uh, to take into consideration regarding general recovery from long COVID, and that is sleep. Sleep, as they say, as we all know, is the great healer. It's the time when the body has a chance to restore itself and repair itself. And we must support the day-night cycle, so-called circadian rhythm. You've probably heard of the circadian rhythm. Uh, circadian rhythm is so important for release for many reasons, but one um, relevant to this is that for release of restorative hormones at the right times, such as growth hormone. That's mostly released during the, the dark hours during, during nighttime. Uh, cortisol is also determined by, cortisol release is also determined by the circadian rhythm. So sleep's really important. You've got to think about sleep hygiene. So strict bedtime. Make sure you have a structured day where, you know, you have a strict bedtime. Strict get up time as well. Get that alarm clock, but strict bedtime's very important. You need to sort of pay attention to that. Make sure you read a sleep-inducing, um, unchallenging novel, such as a Jane Austen novel, okay, rather than some sort of um, uh, sci-fi, um, sort of high, uh, high-intensity um, Stephen King type of horror movie type of novel. No mobiles or screens for the hour before turning your light off at night. Okay, why? Because mobiles and, and tablet screens basically emit blue light, which is arousing, as opposed to pink light. Red, pink light is more relaxing. Some people take Pyroton, the, the sort of the old-fashioned antihistamine, chlorf chlorphenamine, four milligrams at night for its sedative effect. 
Some people take magnesium. There's some evidence 500 milligrams at night is beneficial sleep enhancing. Some people take melatonin, three milligrams, rapid onset. Again, it comes down to what you want to do, what you specifically will go out and, and buy yourself uh, to try and help your sleep pattern. I, I cover sleep much more extensively in my podcast and video on sleep disturbance in long COVID. And finally, having covered food, nutrition and sleep, um, the other important facet of long COVID management to address is stress, worry and low mood. These all lead to fight and flight, adrenaline, the sympathetic overdrive, sympathetic nervous system overdrive. How do we address those? Um, we basically have got to consider the mind-body strategies, techniques, such as mindfulness, meditative mindfulness. Um, Headspace or Calm are apps that you can download onto your mobile. They're relatively cheap. They're really helpful to help with mindfulness. There are many proven studies that demonstrate their effectiveness for relieving stress, anxiety. Other ways to deal with stresses, worries and low mood are by using mind-body practices such as yoga, tai chi, mind and body. Proven in studies, again, yet more studies to help um, stress and anxiety. Also, reducing blood pressure. They incorporate focus and breath control and coordination, all really, really helpful for general body reconditioning and core strength building, particularly in the uh, Tai Chi um, exercises. And finally, as part of the whole long COVID management, we must apply those fatigue management strategies that we learn about. Um, and that is the three P's. I'm sure you've come across those. Plan, pace, prioritize, but especially pace. Um, what is pacing? Pacing is the process of balancing activity. That's mental activity, physical activity, emotional activity. Balancing all those activities with rest. Pacing gives you an awareness of your energy limits. Um, knowing your limits, so important. So you can plan how much energy you burn up, you use on a task to make sure that you're using energy most efficiently and most effectively. Pacing also means no more push on through, you know, finish the, finish the job. No, it's now time to say it's, it's time to stop. That's enough. I need to rest. I cover this more in my talk on long COVID fatigue. So besides all this advice, there are other, there are a number of trusted resources for long COVID recovery. Note that there are lots of less trusted resources. Let me put it like that on the net, uh, social media being banded around. 
The trusted resources I'd thoroughly recommend are Your COVID Recovery, a NHS England website, um, a self-help patient resource for symptoms, information and self-management of non-COVID. Put link in the chat below. Um, and there's another excellent resource from the Royal College of Occupational Therapists, How to Manage Post-Viral Fatigue After COVID-19, which is excellent. So there we are. That wraps it up. Um, that concludes my second part on gut problems, gastrointestinal problems with long COVID, following on from my first part earlier. I hope you've found them both helpful. Uh, as I mentioned at the start, any advice, diagnoses, treatments that I mention should only be considered after, discuss after discussion with your own GP or your qualified health professional. So, like I said, that wraps it up. Uh, in the meantime, I hope you uh, found it interesting. Thank you for your thank you for your interest. Uh, I mean, in the meantime, meanwhile, I wish you well with your long COVID recovery. Cheerio. Yeah.